the outline in your bulletin is not what we're doing today. Um, yeah, yeah, sorry. It's a, the outline's not what we're doing today. We're um, going in a different direction. As I was talking with people and I was uh, looking at things, I just kind of felt God would have us look at some other stuff today. This is going to be maybe a little more participatory than you're used to in a bit here. Um, but let's pray and we will, we will get started. Father, again, we are very thankful that you are God. Don't ever let us forget that. Help us to be reminded of it. Help us to be people that reflect the fact that you are God. Um, even in the challenging times that we have, whether it's related to what's going on in our country now or whether it's what's happening in our personal life. In all of it, we want to be able to reflect the reality that you are God and that it matters, that you matter, and that our relationship with you matters. Guide our thoughts now, guide our time, guide our um, discussions, our the things that we share with one another and the things that um, you'll have me share as well, that you would teach us from your word, from your heart to our heart, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Don't be afraid to answer this question. Um, how many of you are a little afraid now with stuff that's going on? I, I didn't hear you, I'm sorry. I'm not afraid of the virus, I'm more afraid of the income. The income? There's, yeah, there's a lot of reasons. I mean, because um, what's going on now, you know, I mean, you have the virus going on, but it's it has, and it will have um, a much broader effect. You know, you, you may not get ill, but... Um, much broader effect, so to try to buy toilet paper. Or, you know, I, I don't get the connection there. But at any rate, the uh, but it's not just that. I mean, even the grocery stores and stuff, or even if, you know, so you may not be afraid of, you know, or, or of getting ill, but um, I've had more than one person talk to me that their concern is their family and being able to provide for their family. Uh, what's happening is, um, to say it's unprecedented is an understatement. Uh, none of you were around in, I think it was 1912, 1918, whenever the Spanish flu uh, went around. Um, you know, none of us were around for that. We don't know what that's like. We don't exactly know what's coming. But, you know, in reality, we never really know what's coming, do we? I mean, even before this came, this just brings it to our attention a little bit more and things are going to change for people again not just because you know some will get the disease and it's i i think it's going to increase you know statistically that's going to happen but um things are already happening you know they've just look at the the stuff they've canceled um and we can say well you know who who cares about basketball and some of those things anyway well, I can tell you who does, the, the guys who sold popcorn and the ones who collected tickets 
and that's how they provided for their family, you know. And so now the tin caps even have pushed their uh, start back, and the people who depended upon, you know, who depend upon that um, for extra income, and some, uh, if you've ever been to the tin caps game. Uh, or the uh, Comets, you know, and they've canceled the rest of their season. Uh, there's a lot of senior citizens who work there in those in those venues. It's not all that. Uh, but now, you know, where they needed that supplemental income to, to help, you know, they don't have that. So fear is, you know, it, it's a wide-ranging um, challenge for us with, with um, what's going on, you know, in the, and it's not just in the world. You know, it came home to roost, you know, here in Fort Wayne. And, and, uh, like I said, I, I fully expect that it's gonna, uh, get worse in the sense of, I think there's going to be more panic. I think there's going to be more, uh, things canceled. They, you know, the health department may ask that we not meet. Um, you know, they've limited it to 250. The blessings of a small church right now, you know, um, where we're able to meet together and we're able to spread out. If you know, if you're a little paranoid about that, uh, they can't do that in the bigger churches, and um, you know, so that their ministries have been interrupted, perhaps a little bit more. Um, and what changes are, are we going to make coming up? Um, you know, I can't tell you all of them because I don't know because I can't I, I can't tell you what's going to happen with all this. But I can tell you that we serve a great God and we serve a mighty God. Uh, one of the, you know, a couple of things I would caution you about is don't make light of the fact that other people, just because you're not um, frightened by this or just because you're, you know, uh, don't make light of those who do, even those who are, you know, panic buying stuff. It's because they're afraid. Do we have a, an answer to help them? We do. You know, we do. And we have an answer to help ourselves also. That's our relationship with God, our relationship with Christ. Uh, turn, if you will, to Psalm 46, what Pastor Kent read earlier. It's page 512 in your pew Bible. I just want to point out a few things there, and then we're going to skip back to, um, skip forward to another psalm, a couple of psalms, and look at some of what um, God says in his word, you know, and the reality of who he is. The Psalms are very uh, raw in many parts, in many places. You know, they are, uh, they are, uh, when they address God, you know, sometimes they have some really tough questions. But here in Psalm 46, what Pastor Kent read earlier, um, you know, the very first verse, uh, God is our refuge and strength, a helper who was always found in times of trouble. It's one of the things we really need to grasp a hold of that we really need to remember. You know, that he is our refuge and strength. That refuge, that place, a refuge is that place you run to. If you've ever been out in a storm, you've ever been caught out in a storm, it is so nice to have a refuge. You know, it is so nice to be able to have somewhere to run to for protection. Now we all have houses, you see, so we're used to that and we can go inside the house. Uh, more than once, this winter's been mild, but it's been more than once even this winter that I've told Jenny, I am so glad we have a house. You know, I am so glad we have a house. 
uh, you know, because to have to be out and live in those elements, even though, again, we haven't had any real huge storms this year, it's so nice to have that refuge, you see, and we take that for granted. But here, you know, this, the Word of God tells us that He is our refuge. You know, the one we can... Now, here's the thing. You know, while I'm inside the house, that storm is still going on outside. It has not removed that storm. So when we talk about the fact that God is our refuge, don't mistake this for the fact that don't 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 understand this as saying that he is going to remove the storm yes he can but that's not what a refuge is about a refuge is a place of safety in the midst of trouble in the midst of a storm if there's no if there's no storm if there's no trouble you don't need a refuge you see so when he says that God is our refuge. It's in the midst of that storm. It's because there is, because there is so much going on. It's because there is a need for a refuge. You know, we need that. We need that more than just when there's disease and stuff like this going on now. This is something we need to remember. He is our refuge. But notice it also says it doesn't stop there. He is our refuge in what? Our strength. Our strength. When the storm's going on outside and we're in our house, we don't think much about it at all. Why? Because, you know, we're, we're real confident in our house. Now, when a tornado comes, you see, you start getting a little nervous, don't you? If you, if, if uh, this spring, you know, so this spring, I, I just feel pretty confident we're going to have some violent thunderstorms. And if you're in your house and, 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 um, you, here, you know, they talk about this a tornado sounds like a freight train. So you hear a train, but you realize I don't live by any railroad tracks. Um, and you were to look outside and you saw this funnel cloud coming toward your house. Um, you'd be pretty uptight. You know, you'd be pretty nervous. <clears throat> and, you know, it depends on what your refuge is. I remember... <laughs> I remember Bob and Evelyn Trish. Some of you remember Bob and Evelyn Trish. A great couple. They they were just a lot of fun. Uh, They lived in one of the mobile home parks north of town. And a number of years ago when that tornado came and and went along Coliseum, and if you recall, it flipped over some cars by where Best Buy is and stuff like that, and by Glenbrook. Well, Bob and Evelyn knew the storm was coming because they lived in in a trailer they knew that they were going to have to go somewhere else. This is a part that I always like. And so they went to Glenbrook Mall. And um, there at Glenbrook Mall, and Evelyn says when she got to the door, she noticed that she was alone. Bob wasn't with her. And she turned around, and Bob's standing in the middle of the parking lot. You know, and she yells, Bob, get in here. What are you doing? He says, I've never seen a tornado before. You know, Um <laughs> 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 I just love that story. And if you knew Bob, it's just even great. It's even better. But here's the thing. You see, they had to seek a different refuge. Why? Because the, the, the refuge of their home, that trailer, they did not feel was strong enough to survive the storm. God is our refuge and strength. We don't have to run to anywhere else. We don't have to go to another place. 
We don't have to seek anything stronger. He is our refuge and our strength. And they're a helper who was always found in times of trouble. Again, times of trouble are when you need refuge. Times of trouble are when you need strength. And that's what God, that's who God, that's part of what God is. To say that's what God is, is really underselling God. Uh, that's part of who he is. That's part of what comes from our relationship with him. So when we have trouble, you know, when we, when we have that, you know, it, th- th- that's where we run to. He goes on, he says, you know, therefore we will not be afraid. Though they, well, we are afraid. When the earth trembles, you know, in the mountains topple uh, when, when into the depths of the sea. I've never been in an earthquake. I don't want to be. I just don't. You know, I don't want to be. It has it's a zero appeal to me. You know, along with Bob, I would really like to see a tornado sometime. Uh, not from the inside. You know, just standing outside, watch it go by. But um, you know, the, the, the whole the whole thing. It, 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 you know, when all of these things are happening, we're human. You know, we still get, we still get, I was going to say shook by these things, shook by an earthquake. I didn't mean that pun there. But, uh, you know, th- those things still affect us. The fact that I might not be able to provide for my family affects us. The fact that someone we love is sick affects us. So to say, you know, we can say we will not be afraid, but notice what he preceded that with. God is our refuge and strength. And when I find myself in him, you see, then he deals with that fear that is in me. You know, he is the one. He is the one that gives us that strength we need. Down near the end, drop down to verse 10. Stop your fighting. Let me just pause there. I can't believe how many opinions there are on what's going to happen. You know, I mean, I shared with you mine a little bit. And how much, and how much stuff is flying around, not just on the internet, but you know, even in conversations between people. And this is going to happen, that's going to happen. Oh, did you know your neighbor has, you know, has this and, uh, and everything else? And you know, people talking about, well, you know, they haven't had any cases in Fort Wayne. Except, the, you know, okay, so what they already have confirmed, a guy in Kendallville, guess what? He uh, was at the doctor in Fort Wayne. The one in Adams County, guess what? He works in Fort Wayne, you see, so to say it's not in Fort Wayne. I don't want to shock you or anything, but, uh, you know, it's, it's realize it's there. Uh, and, and what you do is you don't, you don't, you know, you certainly be careful. God has nothing against us being careful. But, you know, here, um, don't argue with people about it because, you know what, you, these are some of the things we should be doing anyway. I mean, regular hygiene and all that. And caring about one another. Cease your fighting and know that I am God, exalted among the nations, exalted in the earth. Is our response and our actions from this exalting God? We need to ask ourselves that. Is that exalting God? Is the way I'm responding and the things I'm doing exalting God? Or am I part of the panic, if you will? Uh, Two other um, 
Psalms I want to look at briefly. We're going to go backwards a little bit. Turn at Psalm 27. So just flip a few pages there. Get to Psalm 27. I'm going to read through this and kind of comment as as I go along. Um, the Lord is my light and my salvation. You know, light light is really what we need. Uh, you know, literally as well as figurative. I my body is still not used to the time change. It's one of the dumbest ideas man has come up with. But at any rate, um, you know, I, I like it being light in the morning and, uh, you know, but the light, there's a, a bit of comfort there. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? When it, this is a psalmist expressing not only his heart, but he is also expressing, I believe, you know, in, in many ways he is expressing his desire of what he wants to be. Verse 2. When evildoers came upon me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and my enemies, they stumbled and fell. Though a host encamp against me, my heart will not fear. Remember again where he started. He started with the Lord. He doesn't just get up and say, I'm not going to be afraid. There's a reason he's, there's a reason he says that my heart will not fear. That reason is the Lord is my light and my salvation. The reason is the Lord is the defense of my life. And we need to remind ourselves of that. We need to remind ourselves of who he is. That doesn't mean you go foolishly off, you know, into other things. Uh, one of the things I've seen over and over on the internet, I was talking about the coronavirus and there's a little kid standing there literally licking the you know the handrail in front of them uh you know and we say uh, goofy kids they do you know don't go looking for trouble you know but but realize you know we're going to find it there and my heart will not fear why because the lord is my light and salvation the lord is the defense of my life and he goes on he says the war rise against me in spite of this i shall be confident remember where he started He's confident what? In the Lord who is his light and who is salvation. That's where, that's the confidence. He's not confident in his own abilities to battle this. He is not confident in the, in the fact that this is going to go away. That's not, though war what? Rise against me. The confidence is the Lord, the war is rising against him. You see, it's getting worse. The problem is increasing. And he says there, in spite of this, in spite of this, I shall be confident. Where he started, the Lord is my light, my salvation. The Lord is the defense of my life. He goes on, verse 4. One thing I have asked from the Lord. I like that, you know, one thing. Hey, what we mean is one thing now. I've asked you, a ton, you know, I've asked you thousands before and I'm probably going to have thousands more coming. But this one thing I ask of the Lord that I shall seek, uh, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. You want to, you want to put fear 
fear, you want to, you want to be to that place where we will not fear in spite of what's coming that you're going to have confidence. Look at the end there of verse four. To behold the beauty of the Lord. Are you giving more attention to the problem than you are to God? If you have, if you're watching the news and you, you know, and you have the news on all the time, I'm guessing you're giving a little bit more attention to the problem than to God. What are we giving our attention to? Be informed. That's fine. You know, being, I, I, I told you before, I'm an, I'm, I'm a bit of a news junkie and I have to be careful, you know, uh, because I, you know, I can watch, you know, I, I, I enjoy being informed and seeing all this stuff. And, but am I giving more attention to that than to God? Am I beholding the beauty of the Lord or am I beholding nothing but the trouble? Am I beholding nothing but the, the, what, what is out there and what is, what is, you know, anxiety inducing within me? Or am I giving my attention to God? What are you giving your attention to? One of the things, you know, four years ago, you know, when I was going through all that stuff, one of the things the doctors told me, one of the, he said, quit watching the news. That's what he told me. You know, and he was, he was right. Quit watching the news, you know, he said. Uh, you know, so the, the thing there is, what I'm telling you is, feed what gives, what, what helps you to see the beauty of the Lord more than you're feeding, more than you're feeding, you know, what it is that's causing anxiety and problems. So the stores are all, you know, the stores are bought out of so many things now. Why? Because what are people feeding? The fear. The fear. They're feeding the fear. They're feeding the problem. They're feeding, you know, the, the anxiety. And he tells us, you know, to behold the beauty of the Lord and meditate in his temple. I hope we're able to keep gathering together. And, you know, if it comes and they tell us, you know, hey, we don't want, you know, we really want, you know, everybody to suspend all sorts of meetings like that, you know, for a few weeks. Um, I hope some of us still get together in homes at least. You know, but above, you, you, you can, you know, meditate together with God's people. You know, meditate, meditate. To me, meditate, meditating isn't sitting there going, oh, that's not meditating. That's, that's not, that's not meditating. Okay. That's not it. Meditating is, is you're, you're thinking this through to application. Behold the beauty of the Lord. You want to see the beauty of the Lord? Begin to meditate. Begin to think through. What some of his word tells us, that he's our light and our salvation, that he's the defense of my life. Begin to think through what those mean. You know, that med- meditating on it, you know, in his temple. He go- goes on, uh, verse 5. For in the day of trouble, he will conceal me in his tabernacle. There's that picture of refuge again. In the secret place of his tent, he will hide me. He will lift me up on a rock. That solid place, that firm place. And now my head will be lifted up above my enemies around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. With shouts of joy. Not, not with, not with uh, uh, rehearsing and continually spewing out all, all of the problems, but with shouts of joy. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises 
to the Lord. I was so glad, you know, to see how many of you showed up this morning. And to be able to sing those songs, I, I, I hope I maybe suspect that maybe they've meant a little bit more to you today than some other days. Um, you know, to pay attention there. I will sing, I will sing praises to the Lord. Verse 7, hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice and be gracious to me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, O Lord, I shall seek. What are you seeking? This ties right in with what he said earlier, you know, to behold the beauty of the Lord, meditate in his temple. What are you seeking? Your face, O Lord, I shall seek. What are you seeking? You know, are you seeking after God more? Are you looking for him? Are you trying to see? Are you looking for God even in the midst of trouble? Are you still looking for him or are you focused only on the problem? Your face, O Lord, I shall seek. Verse 9, do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not abandon me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. For my father and mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me up. Verse 11, teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a level path. There it is again. Teach me your way, O Lord. You lead me. Teach me your way. Not, not what, you know, not what all, all of the, all of the, uh, uh, news reports and all these other things are telling me. Teach me your way and what you lead me, Lord. Don't let the fear lead me. Don't let the fear lead you. Don't let the fear and the trouble and the anxiety lead you, whether it's about the disease or whether it's about some of the effects, you know, the fact that I can't even get any groceries or uh, how am I going to provide for my family if I'm not working? Uh, you know, the Lord is my light, my salvation, right where he started, right where he started. You know, teach me your way. Lead me in the level path. Lead me that way, Lord. I want to be on I want. On a level path. You know what's, uh, things that are like, what's going on now. What ends up happening to us is we get all worked up and then we come crashing down and then we get all worked up and then we come down and we got, and it's, 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 it's not level at all. You're all over the place. That's what happens in fear and anxiety. You're all over the place. What we need is to be on his level path. Verse 12. Do not deliver me over to the desires of my adversaries. For false witnesses have risen against me. And such, and, and such as breathe out violence. I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord. In the land of the living. Even in the midst of that trouble, you can still see the goodness of the Lord. All around us. Verse 14. Wait for the Lord. We don't like waiting. We don't like waiting. We don't. Um, You know, I use the microwave because the oven takes too long. I want a new computer because I don't want to have to wait seven seconds for that thing to get booted up. 
we're we're so used to we're so uh, I called you. Why didn't you answer the phone? Don't send me a text message. Don't call me. I, I want I wanted to talk. We don't like waiting. Wait for the Lord. He says, and be strong. And let your heart take courage. And then he repeats it. Yes. Wait for the Lord. He is our light and our salvation. He is the defense of our life. Wait on the Lord. Wait for the Lord. Here's a neat thing. Some of what you see in here is the psalmist wrestling, you know, with the fact, don't, don't turn me away, don't hide from me. God's not hiding from you. God's not turning you away. You know, he's called us and told us to come to him. The problem is we get, we get messed up. We get, we get distracted and we think God is avoiding us. He's not. We think God is hiding from us. He's not. It's that our, 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 Attention is distracted to other things. Our attention is distracted off the fact that the Lord is my light and my salvation, that the Lord is the defense of my life. And, and we get sidetracked from that thing and we get caught up with the other stuff. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. When you find yourself, when you find yourself in a turmoil, that is a real good indicator to you that you need to seek the Lord. You know, what we do sometimes is we get in turmoil and we think, well, God has left me, you know, or, or he's not paying attention. Or when we find ourselves in turmoil, what we, what we really should look at that is the indicator that I need to seek after God. I need to seek after him even more. Flip over to Psalm 34. Just a couple pages over there for you. Psalm 34. First verse, I will praise the Lord at all times. Not just the good times. I will praise the Lord at all times. You know, his praise will always be on my lips. There's two good words for you to circle. All, always, you know, all, always. I will praise the Lord at all times. You know, his praise will always be on my lips. So what, what is it that, what is it that's dominating your conversation now? The trouble that's coming, the perils that are there, the challenges that are there, or is it your relationship with God? What is it, what is it that, which, which are you talking about more now? Which are people hearing more about you? Do the people at work know that you're a Christian, or do they just know that you're worried, sick about all what's going on? Verse two, I will boast in the Lord, the humble will hear and be glad. Your words will encourage others or discourage others. There's the choices. You know, you're doing one or you're doing the other. You're encouraging or you're discouraging. Uh, you know, verse three, proclaim with me the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. There's the picture again, you know, of lifting God up and following him. Verse four, I sought the Lord. Can you say that? I'm not asking you to say it now. I'm asking. Would that statement be true of you? Would that be a true statement that I sought the Lord? 
you know, you, that, that, that means you, you're looking, you know, you're looking, you're putting effort into this. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Because he said, you know, when we search for him, he will be found. That's what he said. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant with joy. Their faces will never be ashamed. So is that what what is what is determining your countenance? What is determining your outlook? What is determining, you know, how how you're approaching things? If you look to him and you're radiant for joy, your faces will never be ashamed. And it goes on, he says, this poor man cried out and the Lord heard him and saved him from all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he rescues them. Now remember, the rescue doesn't, doesn't mean that it, it doesn't mean it's our plan. You see. Well, God, that's not what I asked. <laughs> I am so glad. God didn't always give me what I asked. I am so glad. Because so often he has given me even better than what I asked. But also I realize that sometimes he has saved me from the things I asked for. And how they would have destroyed me. How they would have taken me further away from him. One more verse I want to look at. Uh, John, John chapter 14. Uh, this is part of Jesus' time with his disciples. Um, actually, Yeah, John chapter 14, part of his time with his disciples before he uh, leaves and and um, he's going to the cross and he's kind of made that clear to them. They're starting to catch on a little bit. Um, and verse 27, John chapter 14, verse 27. He says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Your heart must not be troubled or fearful. You say, but my heart is. Well, see here again, here's the picture of what he gives us. And then what that tells us, if our heart is troubled and fearful, then we know that we need to seek God more. Why? Because he leaves us peace. And when peace isn't there, we seek after him. You know, but pastor, you know... Here's where we need to seek. We just looked at these in, in, in the Psalms, you know, about seeking after God and seeking him. And, you know, and you say, but I'm still troubled. Then continue to seek him. Ask God to put those in perspective. And they become in perspective when you see more of God, when you can see him high and exalted and lifted up. When you can understand more of who God is, it begins to put our, it begins to, to bring our, our, our troubles into perspective. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't always change the situation. You may still be in the midst of trouble because he is our refuge, that place of safety in the midst of trouble. You know, but he is, he is the one. 
a couple things I want you to realize through this. With all that's going on now, this is a time of great opportunity. The discussion that you'll overhear, you know, in the grocery store, and if you listen, you know, when you're in line and stuff, is people sharing their trouble and their anxiety and their concern. We have, we have an answer to that, the things we've been looking at. We have an answer to that. God, Jesus Christ, who went to the cross and died for our sins and is alive to give us life now. Wipe away all the troubles? No, I hope you realize as we've been going through this, I'm not talking and I'm not saying that it's going to wipe away all the troubles. Read through, you know, read through. <laughs> I was going to say read through Revelation. Don't because some of it will scare you. Uh, some things are going to get worse, but you know what? Read the end of Revelation. Guess who wins? Well, you already know who wins. Jesus has already won. You see? And there's some magnificent pictures of 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 Christ in in the book of Revelation, and just some mag- of high and lifted up, you know, and the, the the whole the pictures of him there. You know, this is a time of great opportunity. Share with them the reality of Christ. Share with them who He is and what He's done in your life. Use this use this as a time to help your neighbor. You know, your neighbor may need some help. Not just in calming down, just some physical help. You have an elderly neighbor, check on them. Call them. See how they are. See if you can get them anything. You have a friend who, you know, who, who is struggling. We have a lot of people who aren't here today, and, and I, I think rightfully so. They shouldn't be here. We have a lot of people in our church family, you know, who have chronic conditions who have compromised immune systems from you know from chemo treatments all the way through just their their regular physical health and i have i have i was i was glad some of them didn't come um you know because the the amount and level of germs and you know is is at a higher rate you know out in society right now and some tough stuff and they you know they should protect them, but you know to be able to to be able to come together and if you see and you know someone like that, what can you do to help them? You know what can you do to help them so they don't have to go out because you'll help them live at peace a little bit more you know by doing that while there's you know there's certainly things to be careful about. Uh, don't don't despair we serve a living god we serve a loving god it says in romans if god didn't withhold his only son for us you know he won't withhold any good thing this life is temporary for all of us we need to keep that in perspective as well but it's because of what Christ has done that we have hope. It's because we have a relationship with him that we can have confidence. It's because we realize that he is still on the throne that we can have peace. Peace I live with you. 
My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. It's not as the world gives. You know, your heart must not be troubled or fearful. Don't let it come from the world. Let your peace come from God. Let's pray together. Father, you are, uh, you are God and you are Lord. What's going on with this virus and the panic and all these other things doesn't negate the fact that you are Lord and you are God. This is a time for us to pray. This is a time for us to even more seek your face and to help others seek your face. We need you to guide our leaders. We need you to guide the doctors. We need you to guide all of them. We always do, Lord, but now it just is a little more obvious to some. We need to seek your face. We need to Remember that you are our light and our salvation. We need to remember that you are on the throne. Father, in many ways, this is a very humbling thing for a country such as ours, where we can take great pride in our achievements and our knowledge and our, our advances in medicine. And this is just a reminder of really how weak and feeble we are. On our own, uh, we're doomed. With you, we have life. With you, we have peace. With you, we have forgiveness. With you, we have that power to be able to, um, well, to overcome the world. That's what you said. So we do pray for our neighbors. Maybe you're going to open doors of opportunity for us that we haven't that we just didn't see coming. I believe that you will give us opportunities, Father. Help us to see them. Help us not to be so consumed with the troubles and the struggles. Help us not to be so consumed with that that we don't notice those opportunities you give us to share the love of Christ in very real and tangible ways. Help us not to be so worked up that we don't see your hand at work. Father, we don't know the days ahead. We never did. We do know that one day you will return. We do know that one day we will all stand before you. We do know that one day we will be able to uh, to stand and, and hear Jesus say, he's one of mine. I died for that one. Help us to share that reality with others. Help us to not be so consumed with the challenges before us that we forget forget to reach out in love as you've told us to. We do lift before you those who are sick. We have a number among us in our congregation, Father, who even without this disease coming through were ill and battling some very serious diseases even before this came along. We want to lift them before you. We'd long to see you touch them. We'd love to see them healed, Father. 
We ask that you would protect them and watch over them. Father, when uh, our, our local leaders need wisdom, uh, they need to see and make the decisions that, um, well, we want it to be not just from their wisdom and knowledge, but that you would lead them and guide them, whether they realize it or not. We'd pray the same for our national leaders. The division in our country is appalling. It's disgusting to us, and it's got to be real abhorrent to you. Because I don't see any of the politicians uh, lifting you up. I see them all putting forth their own plans, their own thoughts, and their own ideas. And uh, all we're going to get then is man's results. Is this part of that great awakening that so many have been praying for, Father? Is this how you're getting the attention of the world? Is this what you're doing so that your people who are called by your name will humble themselves, will seek your face, will turn from their wicked ways? Is this something you're going to use to heal our land? We don't know, but you do. And for that, we're grateful. I ask that you would help us to always um, reflect the fact that you are an awesome God, that you are a powerful God, that you are a God who brings, who brings peace, that you are the one who is our refuge in the midst of a storm. And there is nothing that's going to destroy you. There is nothing that is going to wipe you out. You are the one who can be, remain steadfast in and through any storm that comes. Guide us to find our refuge in you always. Help us to be people. Help us to be people that truly reflect the glory of our God, the glory of our Lord and Savior, in whose name we pray. Amen.